Welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And I could just do a whole week ranting about politics, such as been um, the ridiculous quantity of stuff that's been going on um, vis-a-vis um, the Prime Minister, the Tory party, everything that's rumbling on at the moment. Um, and I could rant royally, um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do a bit of it, but I'm not going to fill... Um, TFM with it this week. Um, But what I will do is I'm going to direct you towards a seven-minute rant that James O'Brien did earlier in the week, which is just spectacular, absolutely spectacular, Um, and really sums up so much of how I'm feeling at the moment. And I get the impression that so many of you are kindred spirits. So if you haven't seen that, I'll I'll bang that over. Have a look at that, um, because that's absolutely worthy uh, of, of, of seven minutes of your, your life. Um, so other stuff as well as politics, and we'll crack on with a little bit of that twangy guitar. Monday. Now, I know I said I was not going to do too much politics, and this came up as at the start of the week because it's been thrown out there as part of Operation Red Meat. Now, Operation Red Meat is, is whatever can be done to divert attention away from uh, the situation that the Prime Minister's got himself into. So lots of things were thrown out today, including the fact that they're going to go through number 10 um you know, and get rid of of all these pesky civil servants who seem to be setting the tone. Um, and um, they they there's there's stuff about putting the navy into the channel and all manner of things that are, are, are being are being tossed around. And the big one that's been tossed around that's that's probably taken hold is Nadine Doris. Uh, and I still struggle with the concept of Nadine Doris being a cabinet minister, but uh, or even being in government, or even being anybody that any of us actually haven't to listen to, but. We'll leave that to one side, and this is the whole BBC. We, we've 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 sprung the BBC debate back in, and we've thrown the whole license fee back in again because because the Tories don't like the fact that the BBC essentially hold them to account. And and actually, in reality, the fact that everybody seems to have a beef against the BBC, whether you're on the left or the right, means the BBC is doing its job as well as it probably should do. Um, but they 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 have a problem with the BBC because they're not subservient in the way that the Mail and the Telegraph and so on and so on and so on. And we'll leave that alone. Anyway, so she's thrown some red meat out, Nadine, today, and said that this is the last time that There'll be a, a, a BBC funding settlement in the way it currently is done and, you know, spouted a load of nonsense about about the way that other entities are commercial entities and, and so on and so forth. Um, the bit I want to get to in all of this, because there's been a, there's a lot this this argument focuses a lot on, well, if I want Netflix, I'll buy Netflix and if I want Disney Plus, I'll buy Disney Plus and if I want Amazon, I'll buy Amazon. But I'm not given any choice about whether I pay for the BBC or not. If I have if I have a television or I want to have a television, then I have to pay a TV license. And if I have to pay a TV license or, or, or I'm paying a TV license, that money is directly funding the BBC. So there's a couple of things in that argument that's interesting. One, I'm not quite, and and this one I'm not sure about. I've just thought about this one as I've been talking. What I'm not sure about is what if you don't actually watch a television? What if you consume all of your content on a device? Do you still need a TV license? And that I absolutely don't know. Um, But we'll leave that one away for a second because that's a little bit of a, that's more of a technical argument. The bit I want to get to is, 
this all stands and falls on the whole subscription model. It stands and falls on the whole Netflix, Sky, whatever it model. Right, okay. So I subscribe to a number of streaming services. Uh, and I pay for Disney Plus, and I pay for uh, Netflix, and I pay for uh, Amazon, and I also pay for Spotify. Okay, so a, a vast majority of my content is there, so that when I want it, I've got a lot of stuff available to me, and I can pick and choose what I want at any given point in time. Right. If I had to pick one of those, and I included the BBC in that, the one that would get paid for first would be the BBC, because in reality, in reality. I that's the one I wouldn't be able to do without. So if I think about the number of podcasts, the amount of radio, the number of different channels I consume of the BBC, far and away I consume more BBC than anything else. But that's not the bit I'm getting to in the argument. The argument around the BBC is, A, why should it be funded? And B, there's so much that the BBC do that I don't want. I'm paying for things I don't want. Right, that's the argument. That's the, that's the When you get to it, that's the root of the argument. And the problem is that there's so much I pay for on Netflix, on Disney, on Amazon, that I don't watch. I'm not given the choice with Netflix to just sign up for the dramas but not sign up for the horror. I'm not given the choice with Amazon Prime to sign up for the for the comedy, but not to sign up for the music or the documentaries. That's not how it works. If you if you support a commercial entity like Netflix, you can't shave it into boxes. So to say that you don't like BBC Asian or you don't like Radio Three, so therefore why should you pay for it? doesn't wash as an argument because it doesn't work as an argument with anything else. If you want to watch something that's on... If you want to watch The Mandalorian or Cobra Kai, you've got to have a subscription to Disney+. Plus. It's just as simple as that. Now you can switch it on and switch it off, and I get that, and that's absolutely fine. But the point is, if you want that content, and they're very clever, what they're starting to do now is put content out every week... That that you know the biggest shows available on these platforms are not dumped on these platforms in one go anymore. They're put out week by week. So if you want to watch Boba Fett now, you're going to have to have a Disney subscription for at least the next probably six, eight, ten weeks, depending on how many episodes they put out. And it was the same with the Mandalorian. It's been the same with a lot of the other stuff that's been watched. It was the same with Loki. It was the same with and and we go on and we go on and we go on. So that root argument of yes, but I. I only consume these bits on the BBC, so why am I paying for all of it? Well, that's what you do with every streaming service. You're constantly paying for things that you don't actually engage with. I mean, aside from the fact that there is enough time in the day or the week or the month or the year to consume it all, the fact is that's how all these things work. We'd be crazy to think about changing the BBC. We'd be, we'd, it, it, the model is flawed. I absolutely accept it's flawed. But... If you want an organisation that actually thinks in a way wider than just commerciality, then the BBC is that organisation. If you can't recognise that, then, well, you're probably Nadine Doris. Tuesday. My recommendation for the week is not anything to watch. It's something to listen to. And I've probably mentioned it before. A podcast called The Political Party, uh, the guy called Matt Ford does, who's a comedian and impressionist and writer. 
And he's done 260 of these things. And what he, he started off doing interviews with um, politicians. And then he started to do some of these interviews as live events. And and so uh, you might do it. You might have two or three that are recorded, um, you know, over Zoom or, or in a studio. And then you'll have a live one recorded in front of a studio audience. And they're really, really good. And they're really, they're really you know, entertaining. And he's funny. And uh, and he's a he's a Blairite, so you know politically we we're quite we're quite close. And um, and and this week's the, the the most current one that landed was a live um, one done with Alastair Campbell, and it's tremendous. It it's apps. It's really 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 funny. It really gets into the head of Alistair Campbell, who's a human being that I really really admire, um, because I think he's I think he's that mixture of decent and pragmatic, um, and I, I like virtually everything that goes on with him. I think he's got demons. I think he never he doesn't get things right all the time. I think he'd be the first person to say when. He's done something wrong, and he'd be the first person to tell you of the things that he wish he could change. Um, I admire the fact that he's a staunch Burnley fan. I admire, I just I I like a lot about him. Um, and this interview brings out brings out a lot that's really worth listening to. But he's also very entertaining and very funny. Um, so that's my that's my pick of the week. My pick of the week is is the Matt Ford, Alistair Campbell. Um, podcast um assuming that you've listened to the james o'brien rant which is just something you should do now straight away if you haven't done it already do it now but uh in fact if, if need be stop this and listen to james o'brien and come back um but alistair campbell get a walk ready get something ready put an hour and a half aside and just and just let that let that be a a, a moment just for you because it's absolutely fantastic. Wednesday. I finished a run yesterday, and I got back, and I was running on the flat, so I'd driven to a place to run so I could run on the flat. I'm still taking it very steady with my shin splints, so um, a couple of times a week when I go for a run, I drive somewhere to run so it is not too not too hilly and it's the it's the the downs that are causing my problem rather than the ups um it's 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 painful running downhill so i'm trying not to do as much up and down um anyway i got back from this run um and um and the car wouldn't open i went to click the car and the the, uh, the the door wouldn't the door wouldn't work and this has happened a couple of times of late um and so i um i warmed the key fob in my hands for a while um and that seemed to i don't know if that made any difference the battery is clearly going in the key fob um but it it it, it gave it enough juice to to open the car so after a, after a few minutes uh, of kind of wandering around rubbing a key fob which looks a bit bizarre when you're dressing lycra and and, and sweating profusely and uh, and i got in the car and drove home right which led me to th- two things one while i was thinking about this i was also thinking about the fact that my my key fob has got a key in it and you press a button and this key pops out um and i thought right if i'm really struggling i'll i'll do that and i did two circuits of the car and i couldn't actually find out where to stick the key um so when i got home i um i went and had a look online um and 
what I discovered was, I discovered two things. One, actually, something I didn't think you could do, which is you can change the, the battery in a key fob quite easily. And I thought it was something that you had to take somewhere to be done, but it isn't. So I changed the battery in my key fob, and that's the start anyway. But I went to look at how you get in the car. And there's a secret little slot. So it's it's really deceptively simple. There's a little bit of plastic on the door handle. And you just can't get your fingers on it or do anything to pop it out. It's just impossible to do anything. You know, you could probably potentially gouge it out, but you'd make a whole mess of the door handle and the paintwork. So I was thinking, well, this doesn't make any sense because I can see where the keyhole probably is, but I, I can't get to it. And it was remarkably simple that you actually, all you do is open, slightly open, pull the handle, which provides enough space for you to get your finger behind. And you just push this little thing out and then it, there it is. Hey, presto, there's the there's the keyhole in the cart to put the key in. Um, and I was, I, was, I was telling Alison about this and she said, well, I don't, surely I can get into my car in exactly the same way, but I have no idea how to do it on her. So we went and we had a look at, similar sort of thing and we looked at her car and exactly the same there was i mean with hers there's not even a little bit of plastic anywhere where you think might be a keyhole cover but when you actually look and go and do a bit of investigation it's actually remarkably simple to get into the car with the key if the battery's not working the downside being if you've not looked at this at the point when you need that information when you're locked out of the car and the manual that's going to tell you how to do that is in the glove box so if you've got a car with a key fob and you've ever wondered what would happen if you ran out of battery google it and have a look because it was one of those things it made me smile just because it was so simple but you know what i never would have got to it i never ever would have worked it out and yet in reality it's really 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 Decept well, it's hidden in plain sight. Thursday. Okay, let's do let's do that little bit of politics. Um, and I'm not actually going to rant. I'm not going to rant. I've left that to James this week. Uh, he's done a terrific job, and I'm not going to go there. I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to whoever is pulling the strings on this, whoever is playing the long game on this, because it's been done with a beautiful a beautiful narrative a beautiful it's a beautiful story arc running at the moment and what it's doing is it's not allowing anything to die down it's letting you think that things are dying down but actually it's keeping it's it's almost like that bit of background um, music in a film when there's a, a, a you know like a, a horror movie or a ghost movie or something where it's to keep the tension going so there's that thing running all the time that's keeping your heart rate going it's it's kind of working like that because so we had we had everything that's happened up until so far until until we you know and we got to last week um and then we we get this week and and every time there appears to be a lull something new happens so i was watching uh pmqs and just before pmqs i was watching politics live and we were starting to get to right. Okay, what's gonna what's gonna go on? What's gonna go on today? Uh, you know, what's he? What's the attack line gonna be today? Um, how's how's Boris gonna do? Because there's the car crash of the Beth Rigby interview where he looked broken, 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 broken on Tuesday. So Tuesday, he's he's just he's just. I mean, apologise what ten, twelve times. I mean, it really was. It really was a a the, the look of a of, of a, um, a you know that that husk of a that husk of a man that we talked about before comes out today 
and clearly he's fired up. But 30 minutes before, we find out there's going to be an MP defect. And these things don't happen very often. And an MP is going to cross the floor, which, he, which I mean, he didn't cross the floor because he didn't come from one bench to the other. But he walked in and took his seat in the Labour bench and they waited and did it very close to the Prime Minister coming out. So it was a spectacle. Um, so, and, and actually, they announced that on Politics Live about 20 minutes before... Um, PMQs was due to start, and the and the and the Tory uh, MP that was in at the time visibly looked shaken. He looked shaken on screen. He looked quite composed until that happened, and he was like, "Whoa, hang on a minute." Um, so so we get that, and to be fair, Boris comes and he punches a lot, and 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 he's clearly trying to make up for, for the day before and the the the, the terrible uh, interview from the day before. So he's very energetic and what have you. Uh, the one thing I would say is the Labour benches were. We're, we're actually groaning and moaning every time you mention boosters or every time you mention the Sue Gray report. So that's not landing anymore. That line of repeat, 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 Sue Gray, Sue Gray, Sue Gray, investigation, investigation, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine is not landing anymore. Um, and and Kia looked uh, relaxed and he was funny today. He he got a couple of good gags in. He looked very relaxed. He looked like a man who was, it's like, look, my job here is done. This guy's, this guy's toast. My job here is done. I'm going to look competent and control and and absolutely in control. And and he, which he did, which he absolutely did. Um, but you got you got to the end, and I think the strange thing about the defection was that that it kind of galvanised the Tory backbenchers a little bit, and they seemed to they seemed to be a little bit more supportive. They came together a little bit on the back of that that piece of news, and they were a bit more supportive. And so we get to the end of Keir's questions, and we're going on a bit, and, and Ian Blackford trying to put the, the boot in, but didn't quite manage, called on, called on him to resign, but then he does that every week anyway, so that doesn't really matter. Um, and it's going along, and, and you're thinking, well, do you know what, maybe this is going to die down for a little bit. Because because Boris is is definitely performing and definitely trying to look energetic and they'll pitch this as a win for Boris, and then David Davis comes in at the end and just stabs him square in the back. The fact that he was actually directly behind him as well. I mean, it wasn't you know. I mean, I mean, he clearly stabbed him in the back, you know, metaphorically as well as in the language he used. And you you thought to yourself, grief. Who's organising this? So we had all that, which then dominated that day. And then come today, what's happened? We've had this whole blackmail thing come out, this whole idea that the Whips office has been absolutely, you know, putting huge amounts of pressure, way beyond their remit, if, if, if the stories are to be believed, um, on, on MPs who are questioning the, the, you know, the Prime Minister's future. And it's just that. It's just how incredibly well this is being coordinated who is who is pulling the strings and of course as I said everybody's going to say it's Dominic but whatever it is somebody has got a real a real knack for the theatrical because it is a thing of absolute beauty and I'm now just waiting to see what's going to come out in time to make it into the Sundays because there's absolutely going to be something else so let's wait and see what that'll be. Plus, we've got Sue Gray probably next week. So, ooh, it's getting spicy. We're getting near season finale, I think. Friday. We said goodbye to Meatloaf today. Um, news broke this morning that he's passed away. And um, 
and that hit me quite it's hit me quite square in the face that one um which i suppose is right because everything meatloaf did and jim steinman did did hit you square in the face um there's no other way of 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 looking at it i saw him play just the once and uh and he was everything i wanted meatloaf to be he was over the top it was a huge theatrical event his voice was tremendous uh the band were fantastic it was everything i wanted out of a meatloaf show um it's funny because i don't know if i mentioned this but i saw dire straits in fact when i finally got to see dire straits they were a real disappointment i saw them on the uh, on every street tour and it was it was it was it was boring actually everything was overworked and it was and it was dull years later when i got to see martin offler martin offler then was everything i wanted dire straits to be but when it was that dire straits tour, I, i built it up so much and it wasn't what i wanted it to be it wasn't it wasn't dire straits around the time of telegraph road it was it was a very corporate packaged, you know, dull die straights. Um, but Meatloaf wasn't. Meatloaf was everything that you wanted you wanted him to be. Um, and it, and it's just a shame. And and I think, you know, I I mean, I haven't got a Meatloaf story as as such though. Meatloaf was there in that mix of things that you remember being around because you remember Bat Out of Hell and you remember all of that stuff. And it just you know, and then you've got. Um, you know the 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 um the stuff with Cher and 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 he was just there and he was around and he was part of growing up. He was part of the musical, you know, the musical thing going going on. But um, I the thing if you've seen Rocky Horror, um, he's 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 brilliant in Rocky Horror and his and voice sounds amazing on Rocky Horror as well. But he um in the Time Warp. There's the there's a bit of um, background vocal that he does on Time Warp, and you don't necessarily hear it at first, and then as soon as you hear and you recognise that it's that it's Meatloaf doing that backing vocal, then every time you hear Time Warp, all you can hear is Meatloaf. That's the only thing that screams out. It's the same. I've mentioned. I think I mentioned this before. It's the same with um, Carly Simon um, with You're So Vain. When you work out, it's it's. Um, Mick Jagger doing the backing vocal, then all you can hear is Mick Jagger. Um, and I've played that to loads of people and said, tell me who is doing the backing vocal. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't hear it. I'm like, no, you know it is. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. So you do, you do, you do. And then you say it's Mick Jagger. And then they go back and they go, yeah, that's Mick Jagger. And I can't hear anything else now. And that's the same for me with Time Walk, with Meatloaf. All I can hear when I listen to Time Walk now is Meatloaf. Uh, but I've I've re- I've resisted the temptation to to name the episode Time Warp and go with that. I've I've there's a there's a song of his um, on the Bat Out of Hell 2 album, and that's the album that had I Would Do Anything For Love, um, which was obviously this uber, uber, uber hit. And and and, and he came back with an absolute bang. And we were living in the northeast at the time, and, and, which is interesting because the lady who does the backing vocals on the, on uh, on that song is actually from the northeast. She was an artist from the northeast. And um, there's another song called Objects in the Rearview Mirror, which I think probably is my favourite Meatloaf song. Um, I, it's not that I don't. I mean, I mean, I do anything for love is the one that's actually on my running mix, which is great because you can do a mile and a bit to that. Fantastic, but objects in the rearview mirror is 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 probably if I had to pick one, that's the one I'd pick. So, um, I'll, I'll put the link to the video on. If you've never heard it, um, you're gonna have to give it a go because it's it's really quite. And I make no. Apology for the fact that Meatloaf is what Meatloaf is. Meatloaf is, was, 
larger than life, so much larger than life. Uh, and and when you saw him live, he pulled it off. Um, and I think it, it you know, uh, and we're back into that whole thing of Meatloaf being a character because apparently off stage that's not who he was. Um, but 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 when Meatloaf was Meatloaf, then then you went along with that, and you 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 can't help but be swept up in it. So um, if you've never heard the song, give it give it a, give the link a, a click and 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 see how you and see how you get on with it. Um, so between a, a, a ten minute song, a seven minute rant, and an hour and a half podcast, you, sh- you should have yeah, plenty, plenty to be getting on with um, over the weekend. Um, lovely to talk to you. Uh, I hope you're well. Hope you're safe. Um, think about maybe not ditching your mask that quick. Not convinced ditching match masks with nearly a hundred thousand cases today is still a particularly good idea. But then we're back to red meat again, aren't we? Um, I'm going to carry on wearing mine when I'm out and about and in shops. I just think it's the the, the right thing to do. Um, and obviously, R.I.P. Big fella, um, you've brought a lot of a lot of joy and a lot of happiness and some great moments. Um, so uh, so thanks for that. <laughs> therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production